Welcome back to Basic Brain Heart. I'm Hannah Camacho. Are you ready for the summer like I am? I'm so excited. It's almost Memorial Day weekend. My kids are just so excited to have pool time every day soon. It's just a great time of year. Uh, Last week, we took a little bit of a break. There was a bit of a scheduling hiccup, but we are back at it this week, and we have quite a few interesting interviews lined up in the coming weeks. We are going to be um, chatting with a casting director as well as a few musicians, and I'm really excited to to mix it up a little bit. Um, And also, I would love to know what you're creating these days that you're really proud of. It could be anything. Nothing is off limits. Please reach out to me at Basic Brainheart on Twitter, or you can find me on Instagram at Hannah Camacho. Um, And I would really love to hear all about what you're doing and creating so that we can have guests on the show that may be able to directly answer questions you have or be relevant to what you're exploring. So please don't hesitate to reach out. I always love hearing from you. You might remember a few weeks ago, we had a wonderful guest on named Tom Moore. And Tom spoke so very highly of Nora Toomey, who is... Um, one of his associates at Cartoon Saloon, and I wanted to have her on because she is currently directing a really exciting animated film called The Breadwinner, and I'm personally very excited about it. I love everything Cartoon Saloon has put out, and Nora has always had a huge hand in their story department and has, has eased her way into the director spot, the lead director spot, and it was a really great conversation to hear about her journey and um, how she ended up where she is today. And I'm excited for you to get to hear her story. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Nora Toomey. Well, Nora, thank you so much for uh, taking some time to chat with me this weekend. Um, I so appreciate it. I've heard so many good things about you. We had Tom on a couple weeks ago, and it just seemed like he mentioned you constantly and gave you so much credit, which is as it should be. Um, so I'm really looking forward to learning more about you and your life and, and the amazing creative things you've done. Oh, thank you. I'm 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 looking forward to offloading it all. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. Um, and recently, you got uh, a mention, I believe. Um, I'm looking at my notes here. What was this? This is it. This was a uh, Variety's um, oh, ten yes, yes. animators to to keep an eye on. But I I was thinking animation moves so slowly. It'd be you know you get kind of bored waiting for animators to do stuff or you know. <laughs> you know four seconds a week and all the rest of it you know it can't be that exciting well hey but that's it's really interesting and i i really appreciated their piece on you because it helped me learn a little bit more about your background and you didn't necessarily pursue animation you know from the time you were a wee babe changed course if you will it sounds a little bit like but i would love to learn your backstory if you don't mind sharing it and what ended up um getting you interested in art and animation yeah, I, well, I suppose I always drew. I just, I, I suppose it was partly I didn't know what animation really was when I was a kid. Like, I didn't understand. I mean, I watched, you know, Disney uh, films and sure. loved uh, the classics and that. But I, I suppose I never really thought of it as um, as a career, you know. Um, Makes sense. Uh, yeah, because, I, yeah, I guess I didn't know much about the process. But I, I did love to draw. And I, I was a bit of a messed up teenager. I left school when I was about 15 and went working, you know, at different um uh, you know, little jobs like um, I worked in a in a vegetable factory for a couple of years doing night shifts. Oh wow! <laughs> and uh, and my my first job was making these little um, porcelain reproduction uh, dolls. You know, these kind of like 18th century um, kind of you know look kind of weird. So who knew? So I had no, I had some strange strange uh, jobs, but um, but I you know I, I I was when I was in my early twenties, then I just never had to go to college. 
didn't, you know, didn't see much of a future with sales sure. factory work, you know. So, um, so I went to uh, like a foundation course in in Cork, where I'm from in Ireland, and uh, we, I, I, I did a little bit of fine art, a little bit of ceramics, a little bit of, you know, uh, the, you know, the different kind of uh, disciplines, and um, uh, some of the, the the other students were talking about this college in Ballyfermot, you know, in in, in Dublin. Um, which was kind of like a feeder um, uh, for uh, the Don Bluth Studios, which were in Dublin oh, at the wow. time. Yeah, so um, so I thought that sounded wonderful, you know. Yeah, again, <laughs> right. because it just, you know, the idea of, of drawing for a living was crazy, you know. Um, so, <laughs> Too good to be true. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. So um, so I went and I managed to get into that course, uh, and I suppose that was the. Uh, once I landed there really like because Tom Moore and Paul Young were um were schoolmates of mine then you ah, know and, okay as was Jeremy Person and Fabian Erlinghauser all the people that I still work with you know and um I was just infected by their enthusiasm for animation and um Tom of course was at that time talking about uh you know making a, an animated film about the Book of Kells so and he was kind of gathering, you know, anybody who was interested uh, to him. Uh, so I was one of those people, really. And I that's how I managed to when I finished college, I worked in Brown Bag in Dublin for a year, um, which is another uh, big animation studio. And uh, then I came down to, to Kilkenny and that's when the, the, the company was set up. And there was about, I think, maybe 12 or 13, um, you know, uh, uh, college students that who sure. you know, um, at that point, uh, and yeah, the idea was to to, um, to make Kells, which was called Rebel at the time, I think. Uh, but it took years and years, and we yeah. really we did everything we could just to keep the lights on, you know, in terms of <laughs> uh, like little flash greeting cards, you know, like any few commercials that we could find, you know, scrape together and all that kind of stuff. So it was an absolute baptism of fire and a, no a big education. Yeah. <laughs> That's really fascinating. And one thing I think that has really stuck out to me is the longevity of um, the relationships that were formed with Cartoon Saloon and how long um, the core team has kind of stuck together and built something really unique and special. Why do you think that is? Do you think it's partly because there are some limited options in Ireland or you just really feel like that team works really well? Why do you think it's, you know, you guys have stuck around together so long? Um, I think it's that it works really well I mean it doesn't you know sure. it's not functioning today the same way that it functioned 10 sure. years ago or 15 years ago we we've changed in our roles I suppose and we've become more comfortable as we grew up really yeah. <laughs> and and also I suppose we've come to respect uh, each other you know I mean I can't pretend Absolutely. the early days were, were easy you know they weren't because no. we were always just about scraping by we were trying to you know m make our films i suppose or make our, our our projects as best we could um so you know as as would be natural you'd have kind of friction and all of that but there was something i suppose it was a common a shared sensibility or something that just kept us linked together and i suppose at the end of the day so i mean they're my friends you know so there's an honesty yeah um you know in, in that kind of a friendship and you know so you can say when you're feeling insecure about the drawings that you're doing and somebody's gonna pat you on the shoulder and tell you you're great you know <laughs> and, um, uh, so and 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 that works you know uh, for, for everybody I think in the studio there's just again that thing that I first was drawn to in, in, in college when I met that that group was just the love of creating things you know um, it's amazing and yeah yeah and, and appreciation for you know everybody's uh, different skills and that so I think that's that's always been there. So even in the you know the hardest days, 
um, that's been there, you know, and there were days where we felt, you know, we weren't going to be able to open the door the next day, you know, um, yeah, but, yeah. you know, there was, there was, um, I suppose there was always just, a, you know, we, we found some little chink of light and a, and a way forward uh, to, and now we're, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's funny to be looking back at those days now because uh, it seems like yesterday, but, you know, <laughs> talking about <laughs> yes. you know, years ago or so. Yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. like a lot of blood, sweat and tears. I think so many people have a misconception that uh, the world of storytelling and visual art, it's all rainbows and butterflies. But really, it's a lot of um, patience and blood, sweat and tears. And it's so much hard work. Um, I have so much respect for those of you in the industry, because I can only imagine how difficult it can be, especially when you are making a passion project. I'm a huge fan of Secret of Kells, have been for several years. And of course, Song of the Sea um, Mm -hmm. and uh, Puffin Rock. My kids love that. So many things the studio has put out. And they're just so beautiful and breathtaking. And you can tell there's so much passion behind them. But I can only imagine balancing that with the business development side. And, you know, the money side of things um, has got to be stressful. It is. It is tough. Even I think in the early days of Kells, uh, you know, it was always um, a film about uh, Viking invasion. It was always a film about a monastery uh, being destroyed. It was always a film about, you know, kind of the, the, the larger ideas about, you know, holding on to creativity and hope, I suppose, in in, in literally dark days. Um, sure. And I, I suppose at, at one point with the, the financing of that, we were uh, being pushed to make it uh, more, you know, young child friendly, you know. Sure. Um, so, and I get, again, you know, we were, you know, torn between wanting to make the film we wanted to make, but also wanting mm. to actually get to make it, you know, and not be talking, you <laughs> yes. know, about it, you know. So, so there's, there's, there's always, and I think we'd learned this with our short films as well. There's always you, you do, you compromise uh, to the degree that you have to, you know, uh, to get the mm. thing made, and then you hold everything else up to the highest levels that you possibly can. You know, you, 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 you have to search deeply to know what what can you live with and what can you live, you know, what can't you live without, I suppose, when it comes to the yeah. the stories. Um, so, uh, so Kells was a battle for us and was a, a, again, I suppose, a baptism of fire in terms of understanding what is it about the story that we can, we can hold on to. Um, and, sure. you know, that that's going to pull us through it. And the, the same with, uh, with Song of the Sea, because, you know, conflict and sadness are at the core of mm. all films, really, I suppose, yeah. you know, and it's how you, how you dress it dress it and address it and how you layer your storytelling um so for us that's always been um the, i suppose the most important thing about our films we love when um if you can have a young you know like a kid coming out of a film who's quite happy because the child characters in the you know in your in your film are yeah. okay or you know or, or seemingly okay <laughs> or whatever and where while parents have a different view or adults have a different view because they understand you know other levels of the, the storytelling or they yeah. can see it from different perspectives then when you can, you know, sit those people in an audience alongside each other and they're each getting something different from the film, then you, you know, that that, that kind of layering is what's always interested us, I think, as, as storytellers. That's fascinating. And it certainly comes through. I mean, it's those are films that I can watch and enjoy as well as my children. And th- that's always a winning combination to me. You can tell when you go to the theater and you see a film that was made directly for you know, kids ages, you know, three to eight, <laughs> and they didn't write it with anyone else in mind. And those are always a little, a little difficult to sit through. Uh, but I so That's... appreciate that nuance and that, that layered approach. That's so cool. I'm really yeah. interested. What? I'm sorry, go ahead. 
Oh, no, no, I was, I was just about to say about, the, about children's films as well, I suppose, what, what interests me, because I've got two uh, uh, children myself uh, of nine and, and seven, oh, and great. fear, thank you, uh, fear is, a, is an interesting uh, concept, I think, with children, and mm. um, Tommy Unger, who's a, a, a wonderful illustrator, um, talks about uh, fear and children learning to conquer their fear and how mm. our jobs as parents uh, and adults aren't to keep children away from things that terrify them, but mm. to um, give them a, you know, a, a structure with which they can face their fears in a way that that they can turn into adults who have ways of dealing with, with fears and that. And I suppose... Um, uh, because what I've always found amazing with children too is that they'll find it somewhere, even if you never, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, you, you, you never expose them to something scary. They'll find yes. it in, in a preschool show. I remember um, uh, my uh, little fellow when he was about four. I think there was something, and it was just something silly, like a, in I think in an episode of Peppa Pig, there was um, a, a robot dinosaur in a, in a museum or something, right? Very, you know, I would I would you know think inoffensive, and it's just scared the living daylights out of him because he had to find the fear someplace, you know. And the same the same kid could at the, actually at the same time was able to watch Lord of the Rings, and that didn't scare him, you know. So, so it's it's funny. Yeah, well, okay, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's amazing. And and that is something I've been fascinated by as well. I mean, having three kids and one of them in particular is often very fearful. And mm-hmm. of course, yeah, it's our, I think it's our, I don't know, instinct to want to shield, you know, shield them from fear or yeah. scary things. But I know J.R.R. Tolkien had a very different approach. And he, th- he felt that it was really healthy, just exactly what you're saying, mm. for kids to be sometimes exposed to, of course, um, scary things within reason or or difficulty or, um, you know, villains, uh, because yeah. they have to learn how to cope and deal with that. I, I'm completely on board with that. And I think it's absolutely brilliant. Also, I, I just think as, 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 again, adults, you know, kind of think to sit with your kids and talk. Uh, to yeah. them about what they're watching, you know, and not just plunk them in front of, you know, the, the, the babysitter <laughs> yes. in the corner, you know, kind of thing and expect the, the, the screen to take care of everything. Um, to, you know, to be able to have discussions with your kids about uh, story, uh, you know, and how story affects them. And, and yeah, exactly. That's like brilliant. What yes. I know recently with Kubo and the Two Strings, I don't know if you've been able to see that film yet, but Oh yeah, um, you know I watched it with my kids, and it brought up some just some amazing um, things to think about, and and they were like, you know, really had a lot of questions about the mom in the beginning and the uh, the illness that she was facing, and why can't she talk, mommy, and why can't she remember things, you know, and it just yeah. opened up dialogue I never expected to be um, speaking with them about, <laughs> but it was really yeah. beautiful, and yeah, yeah it's amazing. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's so such cool. a, a brave and beautiful film. And again, yeah, as you say, the questions that it brings up are, are really interesting. So it's it's uh, it's lovely seeing films like that get made, you know. Absolutely. Well, you're in the middle of making a really brilliant film that I'm extremely excited about. And before we jump into the many questions I have about it, um, I would I'm really interested in hearing about your journey. Um, and I know you've kind of stuck with Cartoon Saloon for it sounds like from really the beginning of your career in animation to now. Uh, but your mm. your sort of evolution um, from being a part of the studio and a part of the story to now being an actual full-fledged director um, of The Breadwinner. I'd love to hear about your development and how you decided that that was really your place as far as what you really enjoyed doing. I think a lot of women shy away from 
you know, mm. thinking that they can direct or really want to direct. And so I'm really fascinated to hear, uh, you know, how, how your evolution has taken place there. Yeah, it's, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I, well, I started out, I, the, um, back in what, 2001, I suppose I did a, a short film called from darkness. The, the film board in Ireland was, uh, giving, you know, I have seen for, it for and I filming. love it by the way. I oh. love it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you uh th- so that was um uh i i made that with the, uh, that initial team that had come down to, um, while we were waiting to kind of try and get the finance together for for the secret of kells uh we made that film wow. um yeah so that 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 um yeah, and my, my husband, um, I was going to say my husband at the time, but he's actually still my husband. But, <laughs> but, uh, actually, he wasn't my husband at the time. So anyway, but, uh, so he was uh, the, the art director on that. So we, we yeah, so I, I guess I made that. I made another short after that. And then Tom had asked me to co-direct on uh, Secret of Kells then um, after that. So I did, and I, I found that wonderful but very stressful. We oh, were making it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was because we, we'd never done anything to that scale at the same Oof. time. We were making a, a, a TV series called Skunk Fu. Um, so we were really in over oh, our heads, wow. I think, you know, That's we had gone from on. being, yeah, we'd gone from being about 15 people to 75, you know, in the space of a couple of months. Um, and we were just like, you know, uh, like trying to link hands and hanging on to each other with our fingernails <laughs> to try and like, you know, pull it, pull it all together. <laughs> so also, I think with with Kells, because, again, it was a, a co-production. We had uh, the co-producers in France and in, in Belgium. Uh, and some of the, the animation was being shipped to Brazil to get cleaned up. Um, uh, literally, like the paper was being, being shipped there. And I just found it so it was just uh, again, it was just it was just crazy. You know, at the time yeah. we were we were storyboarding in Flash and all these little technical things that I wasn't aware of. I was uh, introduced to Avid. You know, I'd been using Premiere to edit with and all this kind of stuff so it was just the learning curve was mm. um steep extremely oh, yes. steep <laughs> so, <laughs> so so when when kels finished and again i was i was delighted we actually you know we made it and tom's vision was you know uh, it, it was was um you know put up there on the screen i think um and i'd helped this was in any way that i that i could mm. but i i it scared me i think i have to say oh, and yeah. i think i think I mean, and again, I don't want to make huge generalizations about uh, men and women, but I, I last year I was at um, uh, a filmmaking event where we, there was uh, some teenage filmmakers who had uh, uh, made a short film. And afterwards they were standing up on the stage. So we had uh, male and female you know, uh, teenagers up there. Hmm. And uh, somebody asked a, a, a question and the microphone was, you know, being kind of, you know, waved in front of the, them, you know, kind of thing. So it was interesting <laughs> to see who was going to pick up the microphone, you know. Yeah. And uh, the, there was a, 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 the girl just pointed at herself, like asking a question. Can I, you know, will I do it? With, you know, waiting for somebody to nod at her. And the guy just went and grabbed it, you know. He, he didn't <laughs> wait for permission. <laughs> No, exactly. And with that, I kind of really did have an epiphany. I was thinking, my God, I've been I've been that girl for so long, you know, kind of going, can I can I do it? You know, whereas, you know, and I I realized I needed to uh, because another thing, I suppose, is because, um, yeah, I I would think of the problems, I suppose, before I would think of wouldn't it be great to, you know, do such a thing, whatever I would think of. Oh, if I did that now, then how am I going to get those people to do, you know? Yeah. yeah, so I would I, I would guess I would uh, approach it from that perspective, and then when Song of the Sea was um, was being developed, I was uh, so I had had a um, uh, my first little boy at the end of uh, the Secret of Kells, and then 
I think, yeah, the two of them in between. I, I, I kind of yeah, shoved them together. Oh, yeah, it's hard, it's hard to keep it all straight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so again, I, I guess being head of story because I, that's where I started, you know, because I had started out as an animator and really, you know, would immerse myself back in my, you know, my mm-hmm. short film days. And even with Kells, I still tried to hang on to it to, to a degree, um, you know, to actually be animating. But then I realized that if you want to tell a story and story was where it really became uh, you know, uh, very fascinated with that kind of, a, uh, you know, that, that part of filmmaking. Yeah. Um, if, if if I wanted to do that, then I had to keep bird's eye view. I couldn't go into a scene and get, you know, lost in 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 the gesture or somebody, you know, like a character's gesture or something that I had to keep the, the, the bird's eye view, stay up, you know, at the avid, you know, uh, stay with the, the voice actors, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So with, with, with Song of the Sea, that's, I, I, I laid down the first animatic um, so with the, the storyboard team would have just grabbed everything together, put down mm-hmm. our tramp track, um, made sure that there was space for music, made sure there was space for dialogue, made sure there was space for silence. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and at that point, then I, I, I left the I think after the, the we'd uh, uh, recorded the, 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 the voice actors. Um, and then I went on to Puff and Rock and kind of shepherded that along until we had a director in place for that until the series was financed. Mm-hmm. And and then I suppose um, not long after that, then I am um, I, Jerry and Paul, who are my partners in, in the business. Jerry's our, our managing director, uh, had come back from I think it might have been Cartoon Finance or something in in the states, and had met um, Anthony Leo and Andrew Rosen of Aircraft Pictures, mm. uh, a Canadian company, uh, live action company actually, who had um, the rights to Deborah Ellis's book, The Breadwinner. I'd never heard of it. Oh, uh, nice. at, yeah. So, but I, um, Jerry told me the the premise of the book, and I was like, okay, <laughs> this <laughs> and, is uh, fascinating. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But in a, you know, that kind of, I don't know, you know, sometimes uh, you just, yeah, you have a feeling that, uh, that, uh, and again, I mean, I, I don't believe in, in uh, you know, destiny or anything like that, but I just had a feeling that, oh my gosh, that that would be something that would be really hard to say sure. no to, because sure. it just felt. The right amount of frightening and exciting. You know? <laughs> so, um, so I, I read the book in, uh, I think, an evening or two, and oh my gosh, the 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 the, the main character, uh, Bravana, was just so incredibly the the way that Deborah Ellis had kind of made such a matter of fact, um, down to earth, simple story, but it had such power. Um, I I could see it. I could see what what I could take. From it mm. to make a film, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah. So I, uh, I, I sat with Tom and Paul and Jerry, and we decided to 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 do that as our next project. That's so cool. And was it was it like scary at all? Because, well, I, I know it was scary, but as far as art is concerned, uh, because up to this point, the stories you've told with Cartoon Saloon have been very heavily influenced by Irish folklore and and a very particular style. Was oh. it scary to take on a different culture? Uh, in terms of storytelling or have you found just did you find that really exciting uh both both uh scary and exciting i suppose um but that's when you again like that's when you know when you you have to do something <laughs> yes. when you have that that, that exact uh, mix um but with this project uh the one thing i made absolute sure that we did was uh bring a lot of afghan you know people onto the project so that oh, they cool. we could find out not just what it's you know what's the difference between you know an Irish person and an Afghan person <laughs> in terms of you know their, their you know their, their, their you know uh, physical gestures etc cetera, etc cetera, which there are many 
um, uh, not just from that aspect, but also just trying to find out what it was like at the time, because, mm. you know, the, the year 2000, 2001 uh, in Afghanistan, where the Taliban regime was in power, it, it, even um, uh, cameras weren't allowed, you know. Uh, it, 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 so so having any kind of a reference at all for that time period is very difficult. Mm. So hearing people's testimony, I suppose, was uh, very uh, very, very interesting. So I it, it talked a lot to Afghan people, like I said, and, and when we were making the script, we consulted an awful lot and uh, through the animatic stages as well. So we got, a, 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 and what was very interesting as well, because there's so many tribes within Afghanistan. So to get the different perspectives from, um, you know, all the different walks of life, I suppose, were, was uh, was really interesting as well, just as, no a, kidding. as, a, as a filmmaker. So like, but I, also, I suppose I had researched you know, Afghanistan quite a bit at that point. So and realized that you had thousands of years of uh, empires coming to Afghanistan mm. to uh, take power, to use it, you know, kind of thing as a doorway, you know, into Asia and that and um, and seeing how the Afghan people had weathered it all, I suppose, um, and wow. realizing yeah, that it's it's it, you know, it, it's such a tremendous story, the the, the story of Afghanistan. So um then having to simplify all that down and remember Parvana, remember my experience of reading the book and how I love that character and how there was a strength in her and a simplicity and to come yeah. all the way back down again to the simplicity of that character and then let her lead me through the, the, the storytelling process. And that's literally what I did. I just felt like I was, you know, that she held me by the hand and kind of, you know, <laughs> led me through it. And then that's I amazing. held onto the whole team and, and brought them through, you know. That's so, so exciting, and you guys are you're on, you're in the home stretch now. Is that correct? Getting ready yeah, to we, head into post production. Yeah, uh, Guru Studios in Toronto are doing the last few days of of uh, compositing now, which is uh, you know that's been some incredible journey um, uh, because my uh, assistant director, who was the assistant director on Song of the Sea, Stuart Shankly, has uh, started here in in Ireland and then moved over with the project as it went into compositing. Uh, to uh, to Toronto, where he, uh, uh, you know, he had spent nine months here and then spent the rest of the time in in uh, in Toronto. So he's mm. been bridging the gap between the two, the, you know, the 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 went over the Atlantic really, I suppose. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so so it's it's in the last um, last stretch now. Uh, we'll be finished by July. We have oh, we have uh, Michael and Jeff Dana uh, doing the 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 score, the soundtrack. Oh, that's um, so exciting. Oh my gosh, they're I mean, they're working with Afghan musicians, and it's just I, oh, just wow. yesterday was yeah listening to the, the the cues that they were bringing up, and it was you know it's hard not to jump up and down like you know so <laughs> no kidding doing such a, a oh, tremendous job. I bet that's yeah. just so so exhilarating. When when do you think U.S. audiences might be able to uh, enjoy the film? I'm sure that's a little bit of a ways out, but. Well, with G Kids, our, our executive producers um, uh, on this project, as well with, as uh, Angelina Shadi and and M- Mimi Pop uh, Gitlin as well. So wow. uh, we have, uh, yeah. So so G Kids were, um, yeah, we came on very early uh, with the, with this project and, and supported it from a very early stage. So um, they, yeah, I think the the autumn of, of this year is is when we're expecting that it will be that released is in the so exciting. <laughs> Yeah, you, is yeah. it going to be in a limited theatrical release or will it, will it be straight to iTunes? You know what what the deal might be or TV maybe? The, the, there, well, there will be a theatrical release as to the scale of it is a is a you know is Up a question air, I suppose. Sure. But yeah, that mm, is but so it, exciting, so yeah, cool. No. Well, thank you for walking me through that. Um, as a director, what do you think uh, you personally your your 
strengths and growth opportunities are. Um, I think sometimes we have an idea where if somebody's made it to the point of being able to direct animated features, they've made it and they're somehow, you know, they have it all together and they're bulletproof. Um, but if you don't mind, um, I would love to learn uh, as a female and of course, just as a person, uh, what you feel you really bring that that is unique and maybe some things that you've found challenging as far as directing uh, both episodic mm. television and features. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I guess my strengths, like, I, again, I would always take um, a project from script uh, to to work as closely with the screenwriter as I can, mm. and then animatic stage that that first few layers of of uh, of storyboard that go on to your your um, you know ed- edit machine uh, when you're still dealing with you know temporary sound and all that kind of stuff. That's your that's your first film, and for me, once that and that's a really like like it's kind of hot house uh, period where it's just me, uh, you know, and the, and the storyboard team. Yeah, um, even yeah. before even before I hand it to an editor, you know, kind of thing, I get my, you know, thing that's maybe 10 or, or, or 15 minutes longer than, you know, the, 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 the finished <laughs> sure. film. But but to, to get to that stage, I suppose that's what I'm I'm good at. Um, that's uh, from there. I learn how to direct the voice actors, because, again, for me hmm. um, to be allowed into that space with a, an actor in a booth, you know, and I always stand in the space with them. You know, I don't stand you know, behind the screen or behind the, 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 the glass, you know. Um, because it's it's difficult for actors to understand the energy, you know, of a, of a particular scene, whether, you're, you know, your character is running, whether your character is, you know, face to face with another character, all of this kind of stuff. Sure. Um, for us, with our budget level as well, that we can't kind of come back the next week and decide we yeah. want our actors to do something completely different or anything like that. We have to go in there knowing pretty much precisely what we need, how much... Um, rope to give your actor as well in terms of like how much they can you know they can ad lib or you know we need to know that very definitely sure. going in there um so uh so that's why again the, that animatic process is really uh, really interesting for me um mm. then uh, i do with the breadwinner i uh, acted out the whole film as well because part of my team were in luxembourg in studio 352 Mm. Um, uh, I, and I knew I'd never meet some of those um, animators and I wanted to make sure that yeah. there was a true line of performance with their characters, especially when it's such a physical film and little tiny movements mean a lot in our in our film. Um, so uh, so for me, acting it out and making a need to share a dope out of myself That's uh, cool. on screen was well, it was it, it just it it um it was it it was better than, you know, 20 paragraphs of explanation <laughs> of the directors, you know, notes. It was just like, you know, you know, and then I, you know, the actors or the the, the actors, the animators could could uh, do better themselves if they if they so wished, or they could use it as a basis from something, not to rotoscope, but to to at least understand what was in my head, I suppose. Um, that's that's so, brilliant. <laughs> I love it. Uh, uh, well, it's a it's a it's a technique, anyway, I suppose. But um, so that would be, I suppose, uh, what I'm good at in terms of what. Uh, yeah, I found it really hard with a big team like that because uh, everyone. Um, I just found the whole just having a massive team and again like some people that you would never even meet in different countries you know kind of thing really really hard um, or you know you would so so trying to delegate to your um, you, you know your your, your co-director your supervisors and that mm-hmm. and and then let them have the relationship with their teams and not try to be the relationship with their team as well you know because you 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 can very easily take the power from your supervisors by um you know because your their team will always try yeah. to come back up to the director you know kind of thing and, <laughs> yes. you know um, 
and and uh, but it's it, you have to leave the power with your supervisors and make sure that every piece of communication that you can possibly you know that you you communicate everything that you can do with them. I found that difficult because I, I wanted to go straight to the to the crew, um, which uh, isn't again if you're trying to look at the the bird's sure. eye view of your project, you're, you're better off not doing that because you know <laughs> you, if yes. you're given animation retakes and you're you're aware. You know, you, you can see the whites of people's eyes. You can, you know, you can imagine, you know, so it's, you have to remember, you have to remember yourself as an audience uh, member, as it was in the cinema, rather than uh, a human being who, who, who doesn't want to, you know, kill someone with, with, with retakes. You know, but, uh, that, yeah. That's brilliant. And I appreciate the honesty. And yeah. I know I can tend to be a micromanager. And that's, that's a great reminder for me. And if I am uh, to believe social media, you guys just enjoyed a royal visit. Is that correct? We did, yeah. We had uh, uh, we had uh, Prince Charles came and uh, and visit us with uh, with the, the Duchess of Cornwall. Was that just so unreal. <laughs> yes, pretty much so. Pretty pretty strange. Uh, but it was. Uh, he's very interested in animation. He paints. Uh, you know, he uses watercolors himself. Really? And uh, yeah, I was very interested in the whole process to the point where he was talking about the delay on Cintiq. You know, uh, so. Uh, uh, yeah, and again, he um, the, the the Duchess had uh, read the breadwinner, um, and uh, and I think he had uh, he had uh, set up a fund I think about ten years ago to uh, help preserve some of the historical uh, buildings in in Kabul. So again, you know, the, so the very friendly, very natural, you know. Uh, uh, um yeah that's just really so nice exciting people. that's so great and i'm glad they got to did they get to see a teaser from the breadwinner i'm guessing they did they did that's they got to so sit down cool. in our, our crew and watch <laughs> watch the teaser yeah i, I would just be shaking <laughs> that is so amazing <laughs> congrats uh, and it was I, fun um, and this this is one question that I ask most of our writer and director guests. Mm-hmm. In your opinion, what separates a good, mediocre story from a great story? Hmm. I think you've maybe tackled it a little bit. Yeah, right? you see, this is it because, you know, story structure is fantastic. And we, you know, we all make sure that we hit the right, you know, plot point on the right page and all of this kind of yeah. stuff. But um, the ones that uh, really ring true, and I suppose the ones that are are talked about, you know, five years after they're released, you know, uh, yeah, are the ones where I think the screenwriter and the director were as I suppose honest as they, you know, have have told have given you something I suppose of themselves mm. in. Um, and to try to, I suppose, understand all of the characters, be it, you know, your protagonist or your antagonist, whatever, like, you know, from every kind of a perspective and try to say something new with it or something that, again, is a little bit risky, I suppose. Yeah. Um, for me, that was the case with the breadwinner uh, in terms of trying to understand, you know, some of the talibs from, you know, yeah. uh, from other perspectives, from, uh, you know, imagining how they would have grown up, imagining what their day to day lives were like. Uh, sure. So, um, so it's, it's putting your putting yourself in all of your characters' shoes and on answering as honestly as you possibly can, and never. I suppose the thing is as well. You see, you break your structure, you break stories by following your character, and saying, would they really do that? You know, in this circumstance, or do I just really need them to do that because I've hit this point in the story, and oh, therefore, you know? yeah. <laughs> so. 
you you have to be willing to break it and saying, well, that's not good enough. You know, if, if, if I can't just say it's just because I have to, because we have to, you know, um, this has to be the point of no return or whatever, you know, <laughs> you, you have you have to uh, because your audience won't know that, you know, yeah. they, they will just say, I don't. Need that <laughs> and they won't be able to put their finger on it, but there'll just be something wrong. Now, I I, I think and I, it certainly hit me with pals and then with 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 song as well and with, with the breadwinner I think hmm. um, because at one point you have to throw the structure stuff out the window and just go and let your emotions lead the story I think hmm. um, and you, it, people will forgive you plot holes and if your characters are uh, real and interesting and truthful you know um, yes, yes. so that, that's that's really uh, so again if I and uh, you know there are different schools of thought and a lot of people believe that you know structure is character in that but um yeah i you know every you know most stories are fraud i the ones i see you know where again that you know you're perfect structure but it just feels like the characters are shoved into into structure sometimes i think and that's that's what makes a mediocre one you can't put your finger on it everything is grand but it doesn't feel (laughs) like anybody uh felt exposed making that film you know and when you feel that's a really good point "Mm, yeah then then you know you're onto something i love it no, that's really, really interesting. Have you, do you um, have much of a hand in writing the actual dialogue for uh, the features or episodes that you've worked um, with? Yeah, again, so again, if I use the, the, the breadwinner, maybe, um, uh, so Anita Doran was the screenwriter and she did a beautiful job. She's very uh, mm. poetic uh, style of, of uh, dialogue, I think. Um, but then, uh, so when I would go into animatic point uh, stage, I would have a, a microphone at the avid. So as I lay down the the, the storyboards and uh, bring in, you know, music that I think kind of you know brings the the the, the emotion of a of a scene, I'll mm. record uh, her lines, but I'll change them if they just don't feel like you know uh, that they're you know natural enough yeah. or whatever. And then I would. Um, so, yeah, so I suppose they, they get changed to that degree where it is, again, like, you know, something that's written. That's interesting. Yeah. I yeah, like that, you know, that audio test. I think um, it's nice to be holed up and, and write, writing a screenplay. And it may sound nice in your head, but you really don't know yeah. until you hear it. That's really cool. Yeah. And you, you don't want to go into a booth with an actor again if you have a limited budget, you know, <laughs> and discover that it doesn't work, you know. And you also need to allow your actor to to have, you know, the the, the freedom to change sure. it a bit, but then to know that, like I said, the parameters of that. So doing it yourself kind of, you know, beforehand gives you some idea of the parameters. So. No, that's brilliant. So, yeah. And this is just a question of curiosity. Um, what accent did you settle on for uh, the breadwinner? Did you get uh, Afghan actors that speak English or what did you do for that? This was really interesting, yeah, because we were, there was a big question because, of course, they wouldn't be speaking English. So why have any accent at all, or why not go for a kind of oh, you know true. supposedly yeah. neutral yeah. neutral <laughs> accent? And then what's neutral to say you know Europe is not neutral to uh, the U.S. and that's so. So um, uh, originally, do you know originally actually when when um, Angelina Jolie came on the project, it just seemed um, silly not to use her, you know, kind of thing as an actor because, sure. you know, she's such a, an amazing actor. In, uh, of course. But also, you know, she's such a, a, um, a huge name. But she uh, said, um, she said, I don't think you really want to do that. She said, you go and find actors that have a story about Afghanistan. So find, mm-hmm. again, we couldn't we couldn't go to Kabul to uh, record our actors because we, again, with our budget, we were bound to our co-production companies, our countries, gotcha. which is Ireland, Canada, and, and Luxembourg. 
but in Toronto, uh, there's such a multicultural society there. You, we, we found uh, a lot of Afghan uh, actors and a lot of first generation oh. actors. Yeah, so um, so from that kind of pool and from just, again, we, we found Persian actors, Pakistani actors, you know, we found uh, as well as our, our Afghan actors. So we, we just uh, found a great uh, pool of people there. And again, just having people come in and talk about their childhoods, uh, you know, in Afghanistan around, the, yeah. you know, from the, the period before the film and during the film and that, and, and talking to people who had come to... Canada as babies uh, fleeing from the, the 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 Taliban. Some of our actors uh, had amazing stories. I realized that uh, yeah, that uh, you know Angelina had the you know absolutely the correct idea, and they have added such depth to the uh, to the film. That's um, great. So and, and then so Kawada, who plays a part of Razak in the in the film. Uh, acted as a voice coach to make sure that everybody's accent was the same. So we do have Afghan accents, which is, you know, what I found really strange about that because I was expecting a certain type of accent. And again, out of my ignorance, you know, this kind of, you know, general Middle Eastern kind of homelandy type kind of thing, you know, whatever the two, you know, you expect, but the, the, the accent that he, uh, it w- was different, you know, it was softer. It was, uh, it was more around actually that kind of ha, ah, kind of, as you say, that, that kind of, um, uh, sounds and I was going that's wrong that's not and then I realized oh no it's just you know you become attuned to it then so now I understand I can you know but again Afghanistan because it's uh, I, I, again a country which is you know bordered by you know so many different countries yeah um, so many tribes within it that so you have so many different accents as well that makes sense uh, uh, yeah absolutely so so again he 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 brought it to a place where everybody sounded similar enough, but it was, yeah, so it was a soft Afghan accent, which is oh, that's very so interesting. Have you been able to visit the country yourself? Not yet. I'm hoping to go uh, pretty soon now, but yeah, it's a, uh, yeah. you know, it's, uh, yeah. it's tricky so, at this time in the world. Yeah. No, is. but I'm, I love how you know. seriously you took research. I have a couple more questions. I have so many questions. It's hard to pick which ones to ask. Um, but uh, here's maybe a fun one. When you're consuming media, um, whether it's uh, television, movies, maybe even radio theater, who knows? Um, what are some things that you cannot stand in a story or maybe in the delivery of the story? Um, so uh, I think watching series like a TV animated series, what really bugs me is when I start seeing the same um, same storylines across different uh, <laughs> different series, you know, the different yes. types, you know, where you have like the dream one and the, you know, the whatever, the lost, whatever, you know, kind of thing, you know, <laughs> it, it just drives me crazy because I can't stop thinking about uh, lazy writers, you know, kind of thing, or, or, or lazy execs who think, oh, this is good because it sounds familiar, therefore we should do it. You know, and then, you know, then our kids are exposed to that and I'm exposed to it. And it just it, it really annoys me that, you know, you oh, my gosh, you can do anything. So why not? Like, why not? Let's do anything. Why do we have to do the same type of story that exists in, you know, yes. we've already seen 10 years ago in SpongeBob. Let's not see it. And, you know, the, the, the next, you know, whatever it was, but, you know, some, somebody's coming up with a new series yet to be using that kind of old, That's a great point. <laughs> yeah, that, they, they, they drive me crazy. Oh, boy. Nothing like lazy storytelling. It's just fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, has there ever been uh, in your your career, um, maybe a, a female that has acted as a mentor, maybe not formally, but someone who's really come alongside you or even a, a man as well? I mean, it doesn't have to be female 
that that has really um, been a bit of a hero to you or even someone you've never met that you've just really looked up to and they've kind of helped to shepherd your overall philosophy of storytelling and or um, leadership? Hmm. It, it, yeah, it, it's, it's changes. I think I'd say, um, you know, there's, there's an enterprise board right here in Ireland set up by the government. There's a woman uh, called Eileen Bell who is uh, mm. part of that, you know, and she just kind of come, you know, every couple of months or whatever, like, you know, she'd come and, and uh, you know, have lunch with us in, in Kilkenny and, and talk to us uh, on that. And I just, uh, because she was so supportive of our business as a serious business and there's something about, you know, in Hollywood, you know, where films are taken seriously and in Europe it's kind of yeah. seen more art form, but but then animation is like the silly silly cousin of true <laughs> of, of, no of, that's of, a really of, good of, point. Uh, live action yeah yeah so for somebody in a serious you know the serious business of enterprise you know attached to the government for her to take us seriously um meant a lot to me i think you know and uh, she was you know and uh, she would come to the you know the markets uh, the animation markets and support irish uh, businesses and that and women in in in, in business um uh uh, so she, I think, uh, was, you know, again, just a kind of a strong, you felt her strong uh, hand on your back, you know, kind of thing, pushing yeah. you forward. Uh, yeah, I mean, Joanna Quinn, those kind of filmmakers, I suppose, as well, you know, yeah, would um, would have inspired me, I suppose, as, a, as an animator. So just watching... Yeah. I suppose in terms of general um, support, then and, and and that I mean I would I would go back to talking about Tom and Paul, you know. Course, uh, yes. Uh, and again, I suppose how much we've been on the the whole journey uh, together through all the Which kind is of really great. <laughs> I always yeah, love seeing no, pictures of the three of you and what you're up to. It's it's really it's just amazing to me how how many great things you've done together, and how long the you know those working relationships have lasted. It's really really yeah great. no absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. And again, like daily, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a, you know, a sense of wonder, I suppose, that uh, about the medium and about, you know, drawing and, and storytelling that uh, those guys just have an enthusiasm for, which again, I kind of, yeah. you know, I. And, and I, I'm kind of interested in what you just mentioned. Um, you know, in general, people do feel like animation is a little bit of the silly cousin of maybe live action. Um, mm -hmm. And I am a huge fan of animation. And of course, thankfully, I have children. And so that gives me a great um, excuse <laughs> to be. Yeah. But I do feel like when I speak to other um, grownups about the medium and, you know, talking story or whatnot, I kind of get weird looks like, oh, come on, you're, you're a grown woman. Uh, mm -hmm. Why are you so enthusiastic about this? And, and is that something that you guys kind of face? And, and it's something you have to keep to yourselves until you find folks who truly enjoy it of course um you have fans around the world but how do you uh work through that being in the industry yeah it's it's weird and i just don't understand i mean i i don't know i just don't understand it i don't because oftentimes differences i was in the back of a taxi and i was explaining to the driver the plot of the breadwinner <laughs> as you do and uh, and uh, he said, "Oh, but that could be a real film. Why are you Why are you making it an animation? You know." Oh. And, oh, uh, so um, I, you know, and I don't because for me, animation uh, and especially a film like this, right? It, it uh, where I don't want to see, uh, you know, a live action, you know, real girl, um, uh, uh, you know, have the face the challenges of her oh, yeah. yeah, no you kidding. know. So it, it works in a novel. It works in animation because you uh 
I think there's a there's something about animation that it, so in one sense you're a little bit uh, more distant because it's a, it's not an actual you know flesh and blood uh, mm. child it's it's a, it's a bunch of drawings right yeah but uh, but on the 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 other hand uh, because it's a bunch of drawings you identify with it in a different way I think and in somehow a more emotional way I think if it if it can draw you in at all Absolutely. it'll pull you in to a point where you don't emotionally disengage then when you know when 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 bad stuff happens or you know or when when things uh, things get intense um so for me it's a perfect medium for more challenging stories you know yeah. for children or for adults so um so yeah i but i don't know i mean it's, it's you know all the top grossing films are animated films so i don't understand why it's not taken more yeah. seriously I think maybe just everyone is a closeted fan. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're just a little embarrassed to admit how much they love it. That's really interesting, though. Um, and just two more questions for you. Um, one being, you love working really hard, and obviously you've worked extremely hard for years. To me, I'm still just so amazed at how Cartoon Saloon was started really just on truly passion for storytelling and has thankfully stuck around and is experiencing some success I would say today Um, how do you keep from burning yourself out and and maybe you already have you know had to go through burnout a few times just to keep things running what things have you learned now that you've been in the industry for a while that help you maybe avoid burnout Hmm, that's really interesting. That's a really? very interesting question. I haven't. Yeah. Let's move on to the next question. <laughs> it's it's it, you know it's hard not to be a workaholic in animation, sure. and it's hard not to rely on workaholics in animation. You know, Absolutely. we have some of them in the studio, and uh, trying to mind people like that and to from you know mind ourselves uh, is really difficult, and to try and value yourself and to value your team correctly. Um, and not, you know, when you're scheduling something, you know, we we all, we all want our, our budget and our schedule to work and we all, sure. you know, uh, uh, aspire uh, to getting things done on time and on, on schedule and that. But having production managers and again, they're so important, you know, to have really, really Absolutely. great production managers who are able to be really realistic and really fluid with uh, with the schedules and budgets, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, protects people who you know might you know again because we all love you know you love what you do but you might yeah. realize that you've been sitting down for six hours and you haven't you know you forgot to take lunch or you haven't looked away from your screen or mm. you haven't got up and walked around or you know uh, this kind of stuff or that there's um there's oftentimes as well a kind of um like a pride or a, you know like a, a kind of uh, and then maybe it's more a catholic thing i wonder <laughs> yeah i just think oh i had to work saturday and sunday you know oh you know somebody else how was your weekend oh i was in here and then this is kind of like a feeling where you're both kind of like slightly mad that you had to come in at the weekend but then also slightly like yeah but you weren't in i was you know? <laughs> yes so, um, so I don't know. I mean, I haven't mastered. I have to be oh, really sure. mindful of it and, well, and yeah, mindful of my health. And, yeah. No, and especially with kids as well. You know, it's it's that's yeah. been trying, you know, Curtin Saloon, I suppose, is always at a culture where you could actually, you know, if you've got kids, you can you can wheel in a buggy beside you. And, you know, uh, and I have done. Yeah, no, I, I have done. My kids have vomited on the carpet of Cartoon Saloon on numerous <laughs> occasions, and nobody has batted it neither. I love um, it. <laughs> we also have some dogs in the studio, so the dogs usually lick it up. So, <laughs> so I'm joking. It's a perfect storm. <laughs> I love it. That's so, great. Have you found so that I've, being a mom has uh, changed your approach to storytelling at all, or has it yeah. remained pretty much the same? 
it's well it's 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 it certainly made me a cleverer worker because again like i would have been the one who would you know it's oh i was in saturday and sunday whereas now it's like you know (laughs) that's just not on you know yes so it's it's made me uh but in terms oh yeah absolutely um because there was certainly a a time in my children's lives where they they would at night time ask for uh, a story when i was small they'd ask you know so so tell us a story so I ran out, I'd say, after, you know, six months or something of actual stories when I was small. So I had to start making them <laughs> up. So, so it put you on the spot as a storyteller, you know, to to, to, um, to entertain. So and, and then, of course, just watching them, you know, draw without any kind of, you know, hmm. little inter- critic going on in their head. They just draw with absolute freedom. They make That's up their beautiful. character. Yeah. So, I, you know, I learned from my kids, as you know, how to how to be creative. You know, That's great. I love it. Now, if you were speaking to a room of creatives, maybe they were creatives of all types. Some of them are not in the animation industry. Some of them are, you know, in theater. Some are in, um, you know, audio engineering or just uh, just different types of creatives. And um, someone were to ask you a question, you know, as we leave school and enter the workforce, what can we do to be successful? How can we stand out from the crowd and really add value to the industries we are entering what kind of advice might you give a group of just general creatives Hmm. I suppose um yeah I suppose well following your bliss as Joseph Campbell would say you know Mm. find you know find what it is that you love within the industry and you know explore that route you know because again uh what we find a lot is that you know everybody wants to be a designer or a director you know they're 18 or you know 22 or something like that you know Um, (laughs) and the thing is you have to uh you you know you have to learn all the different disciplines in order to be a good director or a good designer you you have to you have to know what the problems are and you have to get in there at the ground floor and 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 move around you know and 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 understand uh, you know all of that from from all the different angles you know the the, the better directors, I think, really understand all the different disciplines and understand the problems that people face. No, that's beautiful. I think it makes you a good leader when you understand and maybe have been in the shoes of everyone you're leading. That's a that's a great point. So following mm-hmm. your bliss and don't yeah. be afraid to start humble. I have seen, you know, kids graduating from college and talking to me about their futures and some of them, you're right, they start they start out a little entitled thinking their salary is going to be incredible right off the bat and they're going to get land some you know, middle management job immediately, but it's, it's super important to remember to start humble. That's a great reminder. Thank you. Now, before we end here, if anyone's interested in learning more about the breadwinner and keeping tabs on uh, when they can uh, see it in their home country, uh, where can they find that? I'm guessing Twitter and Facebook. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, With G kids or with cartoon saloon, just Google either or or just Google the bread menu. You'll find plenty of information. We have a, we have a teaser description too. Absolutely. We have it. We have a teaser, which we just released this week as well, which is the the first, uh, the the first of them. So that's uh, so exciting. And uh, if people want to follow you, um, they can find you on Twitter, correct? They can, yes. Super, and I'll post a link to your Twitter account as well in the notes. Great. Thank you, Nora, so much for stopping by. This has been a fantastic discussion. I so appreciate it. Thank you, Hannah. It's my pleasure. Hey, thanks for joining us again this week on Basic Brain Heart. It's always a pleasure hanging out with you. 
just a friendly reminder, if you have really enjoyed any particular episode or um, just the show in general, it would mean the world to me if you would take a minute to rate and or review the podcast on the App Store. It's really easy. You just go to the page and you'll see there's a tab at the top that allows you to rate and or review. And all you can do is just leave a star rating. And But if you have an extra couple minutes, you can, of course, also jot down some thoughts and maybe what particularly you enjoy about the show. But that would mean the world to me. And then, of course, if you do that, make sure you ping me on Twitter or Instagram so I can give you a shout out on the next episode. I would love to do that. You have a fabulous week and I look forward to connecting with you next week.